1: Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit BetOnline today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. third and three, they protect Brady,
0: scans the field, and lets it fly, it's Evans, it's a touchdown!
1: This is the big nasty, yeah, big nasty, all-fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast.
0: Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't
1: listening, and you're missing
0: out. Woo! And they're the cannons, cannon. fire them, keep, keep on firing
1: them, keep on firing them. 1-31, your final score on Sunday Night Football in Week 4. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to 2-2 two and two on the year. After a disappointing performance from the Bucks defense, which has been stellar to start the season, we'll talk about that and much more. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube tonight following the game. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucsNation.com. Mr. Evan Wanish. I miss Bruce Arians. What did we just watch, Evan? Um
0: well, uh it's good to be here. Uh what's not good though was the Buccaneers' defense tonight. That uh that was one of the the worst performances I think they've had. And really what it what it reminded me of when I was watching it wasn't necessarily the way the the, the Chiefs play play offense uh, normally against this team. You know they take a lot of downfield shots, and I know the loss of Tyree Kill really changes things. Um, but it reminded me a lot of um. It, it reminded me a lot of when they play the LA Rams. A lot of quick stuff. The Bucks have struggled getting pressure. There's a lot of guys open, a lot of scheming to get guys open, some trickery and stuff. And it just, it really, it really was frustrating, I think. And it, it started, you know, started basically right away, but um, you know, and, and for, you know, that touchdown and we'll get into all of it. Trust me, like, you know, we will get into all of it, but that touchdown to start, I didn't really pin that on the defense. That That's tough. You know, uh, the, the Chiefs' offense is one of the best in the NFL. And you start the game thinking that you're going to start with the ball. And all of a sudden, you're on the 20 yard line against Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and, but the, the rest of the night was just, you know, and like I said, we'll get into it more in depth, but the, the rest of the night was just inexcusable. And the game plan, it, it felt like Todd Bowles thought the Chiefs still had Tyreek Hill. And they were just going to roll in there with the same game plan that they had in the Super Bowl. And it just that's not going to work like, you know, the Chiefs are too good. They evolve too much. And and that's the result you're going to get.
1: I mean, let's talk about the first six seconds of the game, because that's all it took to cough up the ball. The Buccaneers lost the turnover battle and had to dig themselves out of a hole for the rest of the night. Luckily, the offense was up to par. We'll talk about that here in a minute, too. But yeah, you really can't blame that first touchdown on the defense. It's it's six seconds Rashad White fumbles on the opening kickoff and uh, you spot him a touchdown and you have to dig yourself out of a hole. And when you're playing a team that is clearly going to be an elite offense down the stretch with Pat Mahomes under center, you cannot just spot them touchdowns and expect to, to dig your way out of that. It almost felt like it did when they played Kansas city in the regular season, all the way back in 2020, I know it's crazy that it's two years ago now, but you just cannot expect to play a team like that. I I thought, I thought the bucks played soft. I I thought Kansas city was obviously the better team. Everyone's going to say that now, but all night long, I, I mean all night long on, on the defense at least aside from the spotted touchdown at the beginning of the game, it really felt like they couldn't stop anything. You got to give Andy Reed and, and Pat Mahomes props for the offensive game plan. A lot of quick passes, taking advantage of the soft coverage that Todd Bowles had those DBs in not a lot of adjustments made at the half and they continue to do their thing. I mean, they put out a short passing game clinic and they weren't just passing the ball. They were running the hell out of it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I express concerns over the, the running defense Right, I, I expressed a lot of concerns over the running defense. Look, and after a loss, there people go to extremes. And I say a lot on this show, and I obviously haven't really said it at all this year, but I've said in the past that people get too high on the on the wins and they get too low on the losses. Like you got to find a medium in there with both. Uh, there's negatives and wins, and there's positives in losses. Uh, and losses, and it's not the end of the world. Look, this is. Was this the Super Bowl? No, you know. Was this to get into the playoffs? No, Uh, it it was a Week Four ball game. And yeah, your defense sucked, Uh, but you got to put it past you. And does this mean the Bucks defense is terrible? No, I still think the Bucks defense is very good. They ran into a Kansas City offense that was better prepared, and quite frankly, has a lot of talent. And they have probably the best quarterback still in the NFL. That that that's gonna happen. And. Um, now, I mean, there's some things that can happen. For instance, like I said about uh, the the run defense, Clyde Over Toler, 19 attempts for 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Isaiah Pachenko, 11 attempts, 63 yards. So Clyde Over O'T- Clyde Toler was averaging 4.8 yards of carry, and Pachenko was uh, 5.7 yards of carry that sucks. Um, and, and we can no longer say, ah, the, you know, the run defense is just, you know, just getting going. No, the run defense isn't good. Um, the Bucks' run defense is no longer what it used to be. Um, and that was clear tonight. I mean, it's the the Chiefs were getting at, at will. You know, not only did the, the short passing game, but you know why the short passing game worked because they didn't have to go down the field because on first and second down they would run it for seven eight yards every single time, and, and that's not the way that you want to play defense, especially against this Kansas City offense. So the Bucks front four against the run really failed them. Uh, they failed to get consistent pressure, and they also failed to stop the run. And And that's, to me, on the defensive side of the ball, that's where it begins, uh, right there in the trenches.
1: Three sacks on the night for Tampa Bay. Mike Edwards, the safety, was able to get back there. Carl Nassib had another one, and Anthony Nelson, yeah. basically too little two. too late.
0: Well, well, basically two, because the, the Carl Nassib one was right at the uh, end of the half. Okay. Just on that Hail Mary. But, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. You didn't get any pressure in the first half at all. Um, and part of that was due to the Kansas City game plan of getting the ball out quick. Like, it's only so much you, your rushers can do. But um, Shaq Barrett talked a big game this week about how he thought, uh, you know, they could dominate this matchup. Well, you just got dominated yourself. So you got to look in the mirror. That That's you know, that's on you. You can't you can't go out saying that stuff and then get dominated like that. So um, you got to back it up. And the, no, nobody on the Bucks defense did. Uh, I can't really tell you one player that played really good. Vita Veya, I mean, he's a ghost. I, I don't know who this player is, but it, it's not the player that we've seen in Tampa Bay the previous four years. It's just, I don't know who this is, but he he is not himself. I don't know if he's an injured or not. He's not showing up on the injury report at all, but I'm seeing a guy who, who just sometimes, not every play, but sometimes lacks effort. I, I mean, sometimes like the effort just doesn't seem like it's there. And when, when you, he's a key piece of your defense and stopping that run, he needs to be better. I mean, and he just got that contract extension. You need to be better now. Like it's, it's, it's year five. It's time to take off the, 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 you know, the training wheels. You need to be better and you need to step up.
1: Despite leading for the entire game, Kansas city and their offense were no strangers to passing the ball 37 passing attempts, For Pat Mahomes tonight, he completes 23 of those for 249 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. You'll never guess who had that interception late in the game. It was garbage time, but, uh, I mean, was it his first defensive snap of the year that Sean Murphy Bunting gets the takeaway? uh it wasn't his first snap of the year he he had actually i noticed
0: him it was even i think before carlton davis got a little banged up he was in for a play or two and i was like oh there he is uh, because logan ryan uh, got banged up i don't think logan ryan came back but um yeah sean murphy bunting uh and and now i see we have uh, james hill mr bucks nation's audience in here so shout out to you guys appreciate you guys tuning in um like I said, yeah, appreciate all the support. So, yeah, I Sean Murphy Bunting, man. Um, he whiffed on a tackle. That was a, a good game for the Chiefs. But then he comes back, and Mahomes throws a really ill-advised pass, and, and he took advantage uh, as we have a two-hour super chat from the crazy Shank. Uh, Shank's back. All right. Sounds good. Thank, thank you, Shank. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the super chat. And I, I just think, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting is still – you know, he was a, he was sitting on the bench for a reason. He was riding the pine for, for a reason, folks. Like this interception doesn't change like, you know, what I, what I think he could be. Um, but it, it's nice to say, sure. It's nice to, to, to get a turnover because they were, you know, the bucks were losing the turnover battle and they still
1: lost it, but it was nice to get one at least. Now I know we talked a lot about the lack of pressure in the first half, but when we talk about the demise of this Buccaneers defense this week in particular, What are you looking at? I know guys like Carlton Davis left the game. He had that stinger later on. We talked about the departure of Logan Ryan. That was early, I think, end of the first quarter. Definitely in the first half at some point, he ended up leaving this game as well. So, I mean, like, what what do you say is the biggest culprit? Was it just a bad game plan? Was it lack of pressure? Was it execution? I mean, was it a perfect recipe of all of those things? Like, what would you say is the biggest reason uh, the defense got exposed the way that they did this week?
0: yeah real quick uh and Weezy's world with a two dollar super chat said julio needs to go y'all thoughts uh we'll get into the offense and everything but i mean i don't know why julio jones would need to be cut um he was real i think the bucks
1: i'm not nearly as disappointed with anyone on the offense tonight as i am with the defense i i know that we'll get into it we'll we'll get into it i promise you we will address that here shortly but yeah back to the defense real quick um yeah like i said like I said earlier, I think it's it starts with the front four. It, it really does. They set
0: the tone and they got dominated tonight. I thought the linebackers were okay. Um Travis Kelsey's a tough cover for anybody. I don't care who you are. And, and Levante David. Um Tried like you, you tried, but uh there was a lot of mismatches and, and the Chiefs were able to scheme that that way. You know, Uh Travis Kelsey against Levante David is a mismatch. And Evan Devin White, I thought he had a pretty poor game. Uh And I thought the secondary played OK. Like, I don't think there wasn't like, oh, my God, this guy got burned.
1: This guy got cooked like, no, there wasn't really a it lot of that felt, it, the
0: Chiefs schemed them open.
1: It just felt soft. I mean, oh, it, it just, soft. it felt oh, it soft. Was, if we talk about the eye test, you know, you talked about the run game for Kansas city and their success on those early downs, first and second down, picking up seven, eight, nine yards at a time that's going to pay dividends. And that's exactly why this run defense was so bad tonight. But with guys like Devin white talking a big game every single week and then whiffing tackles that with all due respect to Devin white, he led the team in tackles tonight, nine total tackles two assists, But I mean, you just, you got to be better. You cannot let them manhandle you like that. I I mean, and that was at every level on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, um, yeah, like you said, I I agree. And, uh, the only thing is I will say them playing soft, that has more to do with the scheme, you know, like that has more to do with coaching. I I don't think it's necessarily their choice to, I'm sure some, a lot of guys would, would prefer to, you know, bump and run with them, um, but I I just think that you know the 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 scheme Todd Bowles got out coached on the defensive side of the ball, and I think those are the two reasons Todd Bowles got out coached on the defensive side of the ball, and the the front four just could not set any sort of tone. They couldn't keep the, the, the Chiefs one dimensional because they couldn't stop the run, and then they also couldn't get pressure against Mahomes to force him into some errant throws or sacks to get in a better field position or, or turnovers that they, they they couldn't. Um, that they, they really could not um, do anything, and uh, no MK, I believe Mikey. I uh, don't believe the Bucks are going to be signing Chris Baker. Uh, I know that I said they need some front four need to be
1: better on the front four but I don't know if Chris Baker and the Palm Trees in Tampa could could handle. I don't know it. if I don't know if Jason Light wants to make that mistake again. Uh, you had just <laughs> talked about the lack of you know keeping Pat Mahomes under wraps, and he's the type of guy where yeah he can throw on you, and that's what he did, but he can also run. And he did that pretty well tonight as well when he needed to. Four carries, 34 yards to the tune of eight and a half yards per carry. So safe to say when he had to tuck and run, he was able to do so unlike Super Bowl 55. Now, let's take a look at the other side of the football. I know we had mentioned Carlton Davis and Logan Ryan. We will get more updates on those guys throughout the week. As of right now, we just know that they left the game. If we get any more information between now and the end of the podcast, of course, we will let you know. But I feel like that's everything that needs to be said about the defense. I mean, it, Todd Bowles just got out coached. The adjustments they made at the half, even though it didn't look like there were many, they were not good enough. And uh, a lot of the times the, the Chiefs screwing up is what stopped the Chiefs. Right. They I, I fourth, mean, Bucks,
0: they, had a, they had a fourth and one. Clyde went to where Allaire was wide open and yeah, dropped the ball. No reason he should have dropped that.
1: Yeah, like he, he dropped the ball.
0: You know, um, the Chiefs had a few drops tonight it wasn't just uh it wasn't just one or two they had a few drops that like that's the only reason that the Bucks were there was there was very little resistance and um real quick before we move on to the offense a few things uh keith johnson said a key mix what's the point of him if if you're wondering like if he didn't play or anything he didn't he, he's hurt so um you know that's you know, that's why you he didn't hear his name much because he was never out there. Um and then a few folks are talking about uh Joe Tranchowinka. Um look, I think you need to have patience especially with pass rushers. Uh this is Tranchowinka's second year. Uh and after him this is his first full year as a starter. So like, I I don't I don't think um I don't think it's fair to, to judge him right now. He flashed a lot. And I, like like when I turn on the tape, he flashes consistently. But, um, you know, he needs to turn him into sacks more often for, for sure. But I'm also not ready to give up on a guy who, like I said, is starting really for the first year and it's only his second year. So um, David Cardona, real quick. I know we got to move on the offense, but David Cardona has a, a question for Coach Wannish. So he said, said, um, Coach juanish are you going to – Talk to Via about his lack of dominance with relative ease. Well, you know, uh, Ve is a, a, a key part of this team, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll sit down and have that conversation. But I know he's going to be doing the right things. He, he's a pros pro, and he uh, he he knows what to do. He knows he's a big part of our defense,
1: and we expect him to be that move, moving forward. Really quick, before we talk about the offense, one more chat message from Don Harvey here. Sent everybody straight. He says we just ran the gauntlet and came out 2-2. Two and two. Great job, Which Puck. is what you and I both predicted. Apparently well. so did Don Harvey. He says, uh, in all capital letters, <laughs> stop crying. We were never going to be 17-0. and And yes, I think at some point in every single football season, there's going to be a healthy dose of reality that kicks in for a lot of people who have unrealistic expectations for a Tom Brady-led football team. And this may or may not be the day of reckoning for some of those people rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. But the fact of the matter is, you and I both predicted the Bucks to come out of this two and two. And no, this isn't about me beating my chest because we're correct on our season predictions so far. It's just I think perspective here is important because when you look ahead at Tampa Bay's schedule, they've got some very, very winnable games. You've got a division opponent who looks pretty weak next week in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Following that, you've got a couple of other opponents. I think Pittsburgh on the road. And then you play Carolina for the first time this season some pretty winnable games the bucks could go out and and stack some wins up here over the next three four weeks that atlanta game is interesting um atlanta won today uh they are
0: two and two just like the the buccaneers so the winner of that game next week will be in the lead for the nfc south isn't that just like uh, we all predicted yeah yeah i mean bucks and falcons you know we all knew that yeah those two those were the two teams um but yeah that's an interesting game obviously we'll, we'll get there when we get there but uh yeah, they, obviously it has to be better. It it really does have to be better. And um I mean, and, and we're talking about individual players, you're talking about trying and to and, and everything, but the whole defense as a whole has to be better. And I think the reason why Bucks fans have a reaction to losses like this, and I think the more frustrating thing. We we weren't the only ones, right? Us, you know. We, we weren't the only ones to have them going two and two. There was a lot of people that said these first four games, man, like, holy smokes, you know, like that is a gauntlet. Um, But I think when you start two and O, losing two straight to go two and two, that's what stings. Uh, because I think most of us had the Bucks starting one-on-one. Most of us had the Bucks beating Dallas, but then not being able to to escape their demons in New Orleans. They were able to do that. So when they were able to do that, you're looking at, um, you know, you're you're looking at a, a team that's two and zero oh and has a real shot to maybe three and one or even four and zero. Oh. You know, the Packers didn't look dominant. The Chiefs looked good, but they didn't look dominant. And I, I think that's what that's what hurts. I think people the most is that it's it's two and two. Fine, if you told people they're two and two, I think they'd be okay with it. But it's the two straight thing. And and Sean brings it up as well in the chats. two home games, zero and two on the road uh, on at home now Um, that's what hurts. And and I think that's, that's why a lot of people are frustrated because now I feel like if they would have won last week, I feel like, yes, there's a lot of frustration tonight, but I feel like going three and one people would be like, yeah, they lost. They got their buzz kicked, but they're three and one. And instead it's not the case.
1: Right. And and I mean, this is a team that has a reputation for playing well at home. I believe in 2021, they only lost one game at home the entire season. And that was that home loss against new Orleans, nine to nothing. And then, of course, the divisional round loss in the playoffs. But on top of that, you look at the teams that they've lost to at this point in the season, and you look at where they're going to be at the end of the regular season. The Green Bay Packers could very well be competing for the one seed for another season in a row. The Kansas City Chiefs could very well have the best quarterback in the AFC. I think that was on display today. I think they (laughs) did. You know what I mean? I know Buffalo was able to make the comeback, but they were down. They looked out. Josh Allen is still going to do Josh Allen things, but Pat Mahomes, I mean, there is never a doubt. I don't know why there seems to be a slump every single season where people just kind of get heavy on doubting Pat Mahomes, but like th- we've known that this is what this guy is capable of, and Kansas City was the better team tonight. You look back last Sunday, you look at all the mistakes that Tampa Bay made, Green Bay was the better team last week, And and the fact of the matter is, they lost to two really good teams in the NFL. Winning in the NFL is with, hard with, enough. With two really, really good quarterbacks. Right. I mean, Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are two of the best in the league that you're going to see. So it's easy to overreact and say that, you know, the Bucks crumble whenever they face a good quarterback. That doesn't make it okay. They, I mean, it yeah, doesn't make it, it okay, but they held it, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers yeah. to 14 points last week. Yeah, They didn't do it tonight against Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. But that's an offense that coming into this game, we almost had this expectation that, like, yeah, they're going to put up some extra points on you that maybe these other teams won't be able to.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I predicted it on, on the page. I predicted 28 points for the Chiefs. I predicted a Chiefs 28 to 20 victory. And people said the the Chiefs aren't putting up 28 on this defense. So I am kind of glad um that the defense sort of got whooped like this because i think it's good for the defense to you know sort of humble themselves a little bit uh, but i also think it's good for for some of the the, the people in the fan base to kind of let's have the expectations to a realistic thing the the you know the defense i think is very good they're not the best in the nfl and, and I think there there's a medium there. Again, it's just like the two the too, too high on wins, too low on losses thing. There's a medium there. So um, you know, I I, I think the defense is really good. They're not, you know, and, and like I said, this Kansas City offense, you're right, right? Like, yeah, it's against two really good teams. But look, these are the teams you're gonna have to beat. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you're gonna have to beat Uh, The Packers or the Rams or the Eagles, right? Like to get out of the NFC, like you're going to to beat one of those teams. You're you're not going through the NFC uh, without playing one of those teams. You're going to to beat one of them. They all, you know, the the Packers still look pretty good. The Rams seem to be picking up a little bit of steam after their, their opening night loss. And the Eagles are the only undefeated team left in the NFL. So you're going to have to beat one of those teams. In the Super Bowl, you may play the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You may play Josh Allen on the Bills. So, like, yeah, like, you're going to have to be better. Um, we're not saying it's okay. We're just saying that, look, sometimes elite quarterbacks are going to do elite things. And sometimes there's nothing the defense can do about it. Sometimes there is. There was times tonight where the Bucks uh, could have done a lot of things differently to slow down Mahomes. There was other times where you're like, okay, like, Yeah whatever
1: Um, I mean the one yard shovel pass the several one yard shovel pass especially the one (laughs) at the goal line to the running back in the the end zone like what are you going to do the only
0: thing you could have said
1: was they could have had the sack sure that's the only thing you could have said sure But but when you've got a guy who's capable of not only extending the play but just making these ridiculous backyard football plays he's the poster boy of the NFL once again you've heard it all before so that's the last we're going to mention it here. And, and,
0: and, well, and, and before, before we move on to the offense, uh, I know we've been teasing this offense for a while, but, um, yeah, I, the chiefs took this personal, uh, you can yes. tell that this meant a lot to the chiefs. Like, I think new Orleans in, in new Orleans meant a lot to the bucks. I think this, and last week, I think that game meant a lot to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think this game meant a lot to Kansas City. It, it was clear that they've been dying for a chance to play Tampa Bay again. I mean, in the same stadium, you know, they're, they've are they been dying to play against Brady again. To me, it was clear that, like, they were hungry to, to do that. And, I mean, you know, like, the Bucs need to
1: respond there. But the, the Chiefs just seemed like they were on a mission, and they got the job done. On the offensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay, it was one of their most productive games so far this season, passing the football. Uh, why exactly was it one of their most productive games passing the football? Not only were they playing behind for 100% of the game, but Tom Literally. Brady went 39 <laughs> for 52, 385 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. I believe he had the lost fumble. But, yeah, yeah he, he, had the, he had the lost fumble. Yeah. I, I mean when you look at the run game playing from behind is going to is going to factor into this as well but the Buccaneers got three count them, three total yards of rushing offense between Rashad White and Leonard Fournette who both had three carries each so for a lot of the people who have wanted the Bucks to abandon the run and start throwing the football well they did that this week and I know that it's a hell of a lot harder to make this a competitive game when you're down seven to nothing in the first 30 seconds of the contest. But I I don't know. Like I, I you know, Brady was Brady. He was great. He was good. Uh, he made all the passes he needed to. Some of the guys who showed up tonight, catching the football, fresh off a of suspension, big number 13, Mike Evans, eight catches, 103 yards led the team. Also had two touchdowns. Chris Godwin, seven catches, 59 yards in his return. Leonard Fournette also had seven catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Rashad White got involved in the passing game. Maybe we can talk about this for a second. Five catches, 40 yards for him. Cam Bray, who left the game with a concussion, four catches, 32 yards. The rookie, Cade Otton at the tight end position, three catches, 29. Russell Gage, two catches for 24 yards. And shout out to big number 41, Coquif, with the circus catch. For 19 yards, a couple of other catches, Julio Jones, Cole Beasley got involved. But like, I, I, I cannot, I, I really can't sit here and complain about anything that they didn't do on offense because they played the way that they needed to until the end. Were there a few mistakes? Yeah. But it's like, what did you expect them to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I just, you know, there was somebody in the chat that said, not play great. I don't know how you watch this game and come away from that with that take, but, um, yeah, he threw the ball 52 times, which I said wasn't really going to happen much. And most of the time it won't. I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, the Bucs were literally down for what? All but 42 seconds or something, was it? That's how long it took the Chiefs to score, I think. Um, so other, you know, that was the time that it was tied. That was it. Like the Bucs never got gotten anywhere close. So uh, when that happens, yeah, you're going to throw the ball a lot. And I thought Brady played really well. I thought he gave him a chance. He kept him in it. Uh, the offensive line was a little bit shaky. I thought Luke Getteki probably had his worst game, uh, as a pro. Tough assignment with with Chris Jones for sure. Um, but he still he had his he had a brutal game. And um, yeah, I, I thought Brady was really good. Uh, I I thought the offense like the offense looked good, but I mean, you know, you come out after the the Chiefs score touchdown. And you you move down the field with relative ease, but it reminded me of the first Green Bay drive, or the first drive against Green Bay. You move down the field with relative ease. Once you get past the fifty, you run the ball on first down. It's a loss of two. Sets up a second and twelve. You end up kicking a field goal, but you can't convert fourth. Like that kills you. Like like it absolutely kills you. And. You needed touchdowns in this matchup, not field goals. Field goals weren't going to win you anything in this matchup. So, um, the, and then the next drive, the Bucks punted. Like, you know, that's three points and then a punt that was it right there. Like, you know, the Bucks offense almost needed to be perfect. And I know that's tough to, to ask of an offense of an NFL offense, but uh the Bucks offense needed to be almost perfect and th- they just weren't. And obviously the kickoff turnover, that's not on the Bucks offense at all. Like you obviously you can't pin down them, but the one turnover, just didn't see him. It's a bad read. You know, Brady's got to recognize that blitz and get rid of the ball. Um, you know, but I just think that the Bucks—they tried to, to run the ball.
1: Like they—they they tried to, mean, es- to. It's so funny because, run, like, but then they couldn't because they were down too much. Right. It's so funny because a lot of people I know early on in this game were complaining. Oh, here go the first down runs yet again. But the proof is in the pudding. I mean, three rushing attempts for Leonard Fournette. I know he had spoken about uh, Rashad White and some other guys picking up the slack maybe taking off the workload for him, but three carries is not at all what I expected. But just like you said, when you're playing from behind the way that you are, it's really hard to get this offense rolling with anything else but throwing the ball, especially when you have guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who were available and who were out there. It was good to see Chris Godwin find some production. I think a lot of people got worried when they saw him go go down at the goal line later on in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really sure what it was. I thought it was an upper body. Uh, It seemed like maybe it was his hip. Honestly, at first, it seemed like he had he got hit in the nuts. Honestly, but on, on the replay, on the replay, it showed that it was it was maybe like something with the hip. But yeah, he walked off fine, you know. And I, I was, you know, and the very the, the next drive, he comes out there, he catches a screen pass and goes for seven yards and gets hit. I was like, okay, yeah, he's good. Um, but and I thought the offense was good. Now, can the offense sustain throwing the ball fifty two times? No. Like even though we know that the Bucks' offense's strength is throwing the ball. You're not going throwing 52 times means you're down the whole time. Like, like that means you're down the entire game. So that's not sustainable. That also can get your quarterback hurt and get your receivers who have struggled to stay healthy hurt and get your offensive lineman hurt. So, and then you know, like the chiefs blitzed Brady so much tonight because they knew they had to throw it. They knew that they, the bucks had to throw it and they were just going to try and tee off on him and the offensive line for, for that, for that purpose, they did. Okay but Brady also did a pretty good job of getting the ball out of his hands pretty quick and and avoiding some, some rush. Um, but I just, you know, I, I was encouraged by what I saw with the offense and what this confirmed to me was when this offense is, has, is healthy, right. When they have Mike Evans, when they have Chris Godwin, I think they, they limited Julio Jones tonight. Um, Coolio, I believe, caught one ball, but I didn't see him out there as much as I saw guys like Godwin uh, and Gage and Evans. So I think they limited him a little bit. And uh, when you have those guys and you have Donovan Smith back, well, I thought Donovan Smith played pretty well tonight. Didn't really hear his name at all. When you don't hear an offensive lineman's name, that's a good sign. Um, you know, those guys, I think this offense is going to be fine. Like, like the, the offense is going to be fine. They, they put up 31 points. And like, I know, but, like, I know, oh, it could be garbage time. Look, man, the Chiefs were still blitzing. Just like I mentioned, the Chiefs were, were still playing. So, um, I, I just – I'm encouraged by what I saw from this offense. It needs to get better, obviously. Um, the turnover can't happen, and – you know, I think you need to you need to start faster, that that's for sure. But they finally scored a first half touchdown, which was, I guess, amazing, right? They not only just won, but we two, right? Um, so how about that? Um, but you know, it was they the offense the offense playing that way gave some fans hope. Oh, if the defense could get a stop, this offense can maybe get it done. And the Chiefs defense. One thing I will say about the Bucks offense, I'll, the I know I've criticized Bowles's like philosophy and some of the things Leftwich has done, but uh they the the Cowboys, Saints, and Packers, all three of them I think are pretty solid defenses. And the Bucks also weren't healthy. So they also they played a chief defense who I think is an okay unit and I, I and they were finally healthy, so that's the result. Uh, Mister Bunks Nation with a two-hour super chat. Uh, thank you very much, James. Get these boys. To go to I think. Okay, if you guys send a super chat, can you spell right? Um, <laughs> get these boys two, I believe that's what that word is supposed to be. Uh, 4K subs, y'all. I I appreciate it. Um, And I I just I'm not worried about the offense. And and I wasn't worried about the offense before, but seeing this game really confirmed it for me that like I'm not worried about this. If they can stay healthy, I'm not worried about the production of this offense long
1: term. I'm not worried about the offense either. I kind of knew that this week was going to be the week that they figured it out, especially once you started to find out everyone who's going to be playing and who's feeling healthy again wants to be productive in this offense. You knew Brady would figure it out. He's always got the ball out quick. He's going to find the open guy. There are no concerns with Tom Brady finding his receivers. And especially this week when they were kind of forced to, you know, kick kick it into high gear to really get the ball rolling. They were capable of doing it. I keep telling myself, man, this game would have been so much more competitive had they not just spotted the touchdown at the beginning of the game. And like, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. is common sense. It is not breaking news that this game would have been closer had you not forfeited seven points in 30 seconds. But I'm telling you, it, just, it would have changed the tone of the entire game. And maybe this offense would have felt like it had a little bit more time to figure it out. I, I mentioned it briefly before. I wanted to circle back. Let's talk about the running back position, especially catching the ball out of the backfield, which is something that we have been – yearning for to see effectively done in Tampa Bay ever since Tom Brady arrived. 97 yards receiving from the running back position. That's obviously between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. But the production of Rashad White, I mean, he is emerging. And I feel like, yeah. I, listen, I'm not saying Shout he's going to break him. out. He, he got his first career rushing touchdown tonight. He got his first career rushing touchdown. He basically put back the points that he gave up. Yeah, but that's still that doesn't negate that it doesn't negate it. It doesn't forgive it. But what I'm saying is that what he saw tonight, you talked about the offense giving people hope. What I saw from Rashad White tonight gives me hope that we can start to trust him a little bit more to get some more uh, targets out of the backfield because he, he was making it work. And you know whose trust he's earned now? Tom Brady's,
0: um, I you know I think he when you can catch the ball consistently like you know he he looks like a can a natural pass catcher you know he he really does he he looked like a, a a natural pass catcher. Now, yeah, the kickoff. I wouldn't have even sent him back out there for the kickoff.
1: I I wouldn't have either. I I, I wasn't listen. You I, been done. I don't want to be Mister hindsight all the time, but I was not a fan of Rashad White at kick return all the way back in training camp. I made comments. I'm like, listen, this is kind of fun (laughs) for the preseason, but let's not go ahead and do this come the regular season because I do trust Jalen Darden. With all of that being said, a lot of people might sound it might think I sound crazy right now, but I trust Jalen Darden more as a returner than I do Rashad White. I just I want want Rashad White folks now being an NFL running back. I don't want him to get injured on a kick return. I don't want him out there. I just don't. I just don't like it. So like yeah, I wouldn't have. He would have been yanked. Um, if I if I were coaching, he
0: he he wouldn't have gone. When I when I you know when he's like, oh Rashad White's back out there for the kickoff, I was like, all right, like whatever, man. Um, but yeah, as far as in terms of like the offense, yeah, White fit in pretty well, and uh, a lot of people said like, oh, Fournette got benched. Look, they've been playing Fournette a lot. Like, you know, they have been playing Fournette a lot. 85% of the offensive snaps in those first few yeah. games. That's a like, lot for a running back. So, like, did he get benched? Maybe a little, but, like, he also just needed a break, I think. Like, I think it's just that simple. Um, you know, the the 14 points, I think, by the turnovers. You know, you, you take the Bucks lost by 10. Gave away 14 on turnovers. You know, and those 14 on turnovers – Who knows, it was on, okay, it was on the kickoff or the offense didn't even receive the ball. And then the other one was on the first play of an offensive drive. What happens on those two drives? If you take away those 14 points for the Chiefs and you give the Bucs, let's say, a touchdown and a field goal. How different is this ball game? And I think it could be a lot different. Um, we're not going to play the ifs and ands game all the time. But, like, that's the facts, you know. And, and James pointed out in the chat here as well that, like, those two turnovers were huge. Like, they were absolutely huge. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. That's correct. The offense didn't do quite enough in the beginning. That's correct. But 14 points off turnovers. That's your big story. You know, that's, that is, this is your big story and the offensive turnover, I can forgive a little bit. You should never be fumbling on a kickoff. No, you should should never have, especially when you have the option to just let it go. Like you should never be fumbling on a kickoff. That shouldn't, that is inexcusable. Um, And, and for that, you know, moving on quickly to the special teams, if you have any more notes on offense, we hit those, but the special teams gets an F from me. It's, It's an automatic F.
1: It has to be when you when you get when you are so bad. To just spot a team points, it's it's hard to forgive that because there's not not a lot you can do on special teams to make up for that, especially with Jake Camarda kind of having a rough night the way that he.
0: Yeah, terrible. He was terrible. Um, The 30 yard punt and then kicking the ball out of bounds, you know, at the 40 yard line. That's what might have gotten Bradley Pinion cut. Like he did No, that that's exactly what event. Bradley Pinion got. He, he did that. <laughs> and he was God getting up, paid three champ. times as much. Hey, people's champ's coming to Tampa next People's week, buddy. champ, man. We need the reunion. The return. Hey. We've like seen said.
1: enough of this kid. He's cooked. <laughs> um <laughs> just like the quarterback or we'll, we'll um, call them up next week. Have a little, have a little secret meeting uh, bucks yeah. play Atlanta next week. So we'll, we'll try and make something happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get,
0: uh, we'll try and get some info and pass it on to the old man, Brady. huh? Um, but uh, um, no, I just, yeah, that can't happen. You know, especially, I mean, a team like the chiefs, it, it's not like you're playing some scrub offense. I mean, you, you give the chiefs, Two possessions to start at the twenty-yard line. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, they're turning that into seven. Like, that's seven. Like, they're just they're going to turn it into seven. And um, you know, and then you you give them the forty-yard line. Yeah, when you give them a shorter field, yeah, they're going to make you pay. And uh, uh, special teams has not been an issue all night, all all night, all season. And I mean, even the, the care turns like they got some nice kicker turns, even you know, the chiefs like um, the special teams is a strength, really. And Ryan Suckup was perfect on his kicks. Like shout out to Ryan Suckup. Still has only missed one kick all year. Knock on wood, but still has only missed one kick all year. But the special teams just sucked tonight, and it was a big reason why they lost. It's not the reason, but it's a big reason why they lost. And it just—it the start of the game set the tone. You knew exactly what type of game this was going to be, a minute in.
1: As we start to put a bow on this uh, pleasant forty-five minutes of podcasting thus far, let me ask you the million-dollar question. Back to the offense, really quickly. What did you make of the night for Byron Leftwich? It's—it's it's obviously. Really easy for a lot of people to point the finger at the play caller when they see a few things that they don't like. I know we talked about the offense and the way that they were able to kind of find a rhythm tonight, put it all together, despite a few mistakes, but people are still calling for his head in week four. Uh, I know that to this point in the season, you have defended Byron Leftwich's game plan. Even though you haven't been the biggest fan of it, you still can appreciate what he has brought to the table. What did you think about his game plan against Kansas City tonight?
0: yeah um it was up and the it, the tough thing about it game plans kind of get thrown out the window when you're down you know what like the books were
1: yeah your script I mean, is absolutely ruined
0: yeah when like, you have you, the start that they did you really have to deviate from your game plan i mean they're down 21 to three like you really have to deviate from your game plan when you're down three scores um it's just it's difficult so it's difficult to I think analyze the exact game plan that being said I thought the play calling was fine Like, like I didn't have a big issue with it and that's mostly because they passed the ball most of the time because they had to um, but like, I'm going to criticize the same thing. Like early on, it wasn't fine. Like they clearly wanted to establish the run and it just, it wasn't going to happen. Um, I do think they need to get a guy like Mike Evans involved a little bit earlier in the game. I like the way they used him tonight. I think that's how he should be continued to be used, but I, I think that they need to just do that a little bit earlier. Why does it take an entire quarter for, for Mike Evans to enter the, you know, enter the game essentially with a big catch. Um, you know, I, I the the use of Russell Gage to me is puzzling. Um, I think he needs to be a bigger part of the offense. Uh, but a lot of it, again, it's execution. You know, it's did Byron Leftwich not read the blitz and, and and get you know the ball fumbled? Like that's not on him. You know, um, it's it it's tough. You know, did Byron Leftwich hold Chris Jones uh, to get a holding penalty? No. Like he, he didn't like it's on execution of the players too. So um, I, I, I just have, I have a tough time blaming it all on left, which because I think it has a lot to do 50 50 and this offense looked the best it has all season. So it, to me, it's tough to pin this all on left, Witch, uh, for any offensive struggles, when they look the best they have all year, it, it's clear that when this team is healthy, this offense does change a little bit in a good way, so I'm um, I'm curious to see how it looks when they're not starting off
1: a minute in down seven nothing. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up on a positive note. Bucks are going to go ahead and drop forty on Atlanta next week. I I <laughs> uh, mean I'm telling Atlanta's de- Atlanta's defense is looking better. I'll give yeah, maybe they are, maybe they are looking better. Time. Maybe they won't quite drop forty on them. But if we get a defensive takeaway, or uh, maybe we get a pick six, you know, we can we can appreciate over thirty points. I just yet need, I again, just need, I just need the defense to do something. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I, I how how this how this defense
0: responds will be a big like key for the rest of the season to me.
1: Well, and I think I, I think a lot of what Kansas City did tonight is something that they're gonna have to be ready for with a quarterback yeah. like Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. That short and- passing game is is what has made them pretty effective on the offensive side of the ball so far.
0: Yeah, and I don't think Atlanta's a good football team. Like this be clear. I don't we're not doing the Atlanta preview right now. Uh but I mean they got Cordero Patterson, uh they got Drake London, and yeah, Marcus Mariota, a guy who can burn you with his legs. He was seven for nineteen today
1: with a pick. He said <laughs> He sucked, but they still won. So um Cordero Patterson, though, with this run defense being the way that it is, we'll we'll uh, talk about it on the preview show. We're not gonna do the pod before the pod. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow as well with former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Sean King. We'll get his take on the week four game, and we'll look ahead at the division matchup next week against Atlanta. But, yeah, lots to take in from this one. But I, I do want to wrap it up with a positive note. We, we talk about the offense, and I joked about them hanging 40 on Atlanta next week. But with that being said, I do think that they, they finally unleashed something next week. And, and whether Atlanta's ready or not for it, I think we're going to see some production. I think this trend is going to continue, and I think the Bucks are getting ready to stack up some wins. I'm I'm still confident in this squad. I think a lot of the people freaking out are jumping ship a bit too early.
0: Happens every year. Look, this team lost thirty eight to three, and then a few months later won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it it happens. It 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 happens. So, um, yeah, it's we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a long season. It is it is a long season, and um, but they have three winnable games coming up, you know, and I think those games are, are key to where they're going to be this season. I think you need to win all three. I don't think you know if if you were three and one, maybe you could have dropped one of those games, but I think the fact that you're two and two, I think you need to win all three. So. Um, Two of the games are on the road, so you need to take care of business at home next week, and like I said, we'll we'll talk about that uh, later on in the week, but um, yeah, obviously a a disappointing outcome tonight. The offense fought hard. I mean, this this is a 10-point loss. Imagine, like, does it feel like a ten-point loss? No. no, it feels like, like a twenty-point loss, <laughs> but, uh, maybe even more. But like, it's it was, it's it's a ten-point loss. The offense battled, and honestly, I don't even think it was Kansas City taking their foot off the gas. Like, they really didn't take their foot off the gas, and the, the offense battled, and
1: um, you know, the defense needs to be better. So that that's the bottom line. Cause it's a ten-point loss to one of the best teams in the NFL, and they still spotted them a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 context is important. And as we come full circle spotted, here, really spotted them two touchdowns. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're not gonna sit here and do the what if game, but that's exactly what we're gonna do to wrap things up. Listen, before we go, um, it has been a rough week for a lot of people, especially in yeah. South Florida. Our thoughts, all of our prayers, and our support go to the people in Southwest Florida right now: Sarasota, Fort Myers, Northport. I mean, it has not been a fun week. We did not do a game preview show this week. Uh, I decided to pack up and evacuate for the hurricane. Probably didn't need to because, to be honest, Tampa dodged a bullet. And I don't think the TV broadcast was stressing that enough tonight. They really tried to make it seem like this was a Tampa Bay issue. But, folks, I can tell you, Tampa was fine. We had a couple of downed trees, a couple of damage that can be fixed. But the damage that took place in South Florida is something that you need to be aware of, and uh look into some local relief funds. I wish I had one I could link in the chat right now. I just haven't really you know I wasn't really prepared for it like that, but um those folks need all the help they can get right now, and our our deepest condolences and thoughts go out to them because it's just tough out here. You know what I mean like everyone's trying to trying to trying to live their life. These are fellow human beings. Uh, and it's an important to remember that, you know, losing a football game is tough, but people lost their homes. People lost loved ones, pets, businesses. Uh, so just be mindful of that and um, keep those people in your thoughts and prayers because it uh, it has not been fun. Hopefully you and yours made it out of the area okay. And, uh, you know, if you're in that area, of course we support you and we are thinking about you. We are together florida strong i i need to get one of those t-shirts because i know this is a very serious topic but those those shirts were kind of slick
0: yeah yeah they're 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 pretty nice and uh you know obviously ditto you know everything that you said and um you know it, it's unfortunate and obviously watching everything here uh from pennsylvania i kind of have a different perspective on it and you know i can't even imagine what you know like you and and James and everybody, a lot of our listeners that, that are in Florida um, have been going through and, you know, whether it's, like you said, friends or loved ones or just people you know uh, that, that are affected by this. Some, some Bucks fans couldn't go to the game tonight because, you know, either something happened or, or they had to take care of something due to this storm. So, um, you know, the the devastation has been shocking. Um, it's been awful. And I, I hope everything, you know, you know, I hope to, you know, today, you know, move forward and just, you know, build, you know, stronger. Um, you know, I think you, you you can't really, you can't really forget it, but you just got to, you know, move forward and, and do the best you can. But yeah, if, if you guys find a way to, you know, have a donation fund, there, there's a lot of things. Like, if you buy one of them shirts and the Florida Strong shirts, you know, on NFL? I know we're sort of promoting the NFL shop here, but um, you buy one of those shirts, I believe like 100% of the proceeds go to, you know, the the fund. Um like you said, those people need it. And at the end of the day, we talk about football and that's so insignificant to what actually happened this week to, to the state of Florida and really, you know, to, to, to a lot of more places too. I mean, this, this was a, a
1: huge storm and Don uh, Harvey throwing it down on the table. $20 super chat says, please give that to your relief fund. Go bucks. I will definitely make sure that 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 happens. Friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you a lot. And, um, Yeah, it's like like I said, football is so
0: insignificant. It's secondary to whatever is happening. And we just hope that anyone
1: who's affected by this is able to to come out of this uh, stronger. We love you guys. Each and every person who tuned in tonight, if you're listening on the replay, if you're watching right now, if you've listened to the podcast for the past couple of years or you just found us this season, thanks to our friend, Mr. Bucks Nation. We truly do appreciate the support. And uh, look out for each other because it is tough out here. With all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the show this week. Shout out to everybody in the live chat. Willie Beam in the moderator holding it down. Don Harvey, Richard T, Black Dragon, G Vegas, Eric P5 Chen, Buck Wild, Buck's Time 12, TB12 Goat Man, and anybody else that I may have missed. G Vegas, the other moderator, also holding it down. We truly appreciate you guys. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucs news as it happens, you can follow my co-host, Evan, on Instagram at bucks_daily, underscore daily, the number one Buccaneer fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What you got cooking this week? Uh, I'm going to be looking over the predictions. Uh, a
0: lot of them are going to be rough. Uh, I actually think our our like boss, basically Gil, almost hit the nail on the head. He said, uh, give Mahomes four touchdowns and like over 300 yards or something. So shout out Gil. Uh, he struggled this year with
1: the predictions, but he, it seems like he hit the nail on the head with that one. Way to bring the nose up on it, man. It's an easy <laughs> bet. Listen, it's an easy bet any given week. That's all I'm going to say about it. That that's enough of the greatness that is Pat Mahomes. I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it. I'm certainly tired of talking about it. But unfortunately, we saw it on display tonight. Last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, you can find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R H E T T, A K U S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. That's the show. We'll talk to you later on this week with our co-host Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. We'll get his thoughts on week four and the division matchup ahead. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off with my co-host Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.